welcome to this week's sermon from C3 Church Narara. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net. talk to you about uh, what we've been doing and I'll show you some photos and then Ruth's going to come and finish and share. Uh, So we've been in Vietnam uh, and there we are and there's a reminder that it's a communist country because they're celebrating 100 years of those idiots um, who had a you know revolution in Russia. I mean I don't want to be rude but there's no other word for it. It doesn't work. In case you hadn't realised, look at North Korea, the only last bastion of communism. Um, so Vietnam is becoming very much uh, open to uh, the West and they're running a free market economy and so they've learned from China they couldn't just keep turning the communist screws on, they had to open up. But there is still some level of persecution uh, and uh, it's, it's easier for the pastors and the Christians but it has been quite tough and there's still some human rights issues. Uh, Next photo shows the first morning we were there, we hit the ground running or riding. So there's Ruth, you basically get around everywhere on the back of some person's scooter. That's young Grace, uh, wonderful young lady who works as an interpreter for us and and helps in the church. And so yes, Saigon is a city of scooters, 11 million people and everyone seems to own a scooter. Uh, not as many cars and the traffic's kind of crazy but friendly. It's all very uh, fun and so Ruth's right in there. So the first morning we got there, we went and did a, um, excuse me, a, a seminar for men and women, which the church asked us to do. They've got a lot of single uh, women particularly in their leadership team, so all the ladies wanted Ruth to come and the next photo perhaps shows some of that. Uh, so there's Ruth teaching and preaching that first meeting uh, and the young lady on her right is Angel, Pastor Angel. She's the senior pastor's daughter and also a pastor and she looks after the young adults. Um, and then the next photo would show at night time after that, that. So we flew in on Friday, Saturday morning doing the seminar all day and then at night they wanted us to come and there's uh, the young adults um, special meeting they just put on because as you can see quite a few of them are, are young women uh, and they wanted uh, Ruth particularly to share to them about, you know, serving the Lord and living a good life and all that. Next photo shows Sunday morning now. So there's their uh, church in uh, Saigon. Uh, Ruth is not preaching there. She was asked to sing. So the pastor decided that Ruth, he said, can you sing? She said, sure. He went, great. I'd like you to sing a song, a performance, please. She went, Okay, kind of haven't done that for 30 years, really, you know, used to song lead in what is Oxford Falls now, but that's a long time ago. But, and the next thing, Ruth's getting the guitar, she was going to play herself, but then she got another guy to play the guitar, so away she went, it was awesome, sang well. Uh, no, it was really good, babe, it was great. Um, well, he didn't ask me to sing, you know, he's not stupid, so... He must have heard. He must have figured something. You heard from the Lord. All right. Next photo shows. Oh, there we are, matching pastors. So, so last time I was there, um, we we got these suits made together because you know 
Vietnam's famous for their tailors and the, the material's not expensive. Um, and so uh, I shouted, Pastor Vin, a suit. And so we got them made together. And then he said on an email this time, he said, please, make sure you bring your suit so we can be matching brothers, you know. <laughs> I said, okay, okay. So we preached in our matching suits. So, um, and so we look, what do they say? Brothers from another mother or something? There we are. <laughs> Same father. And uh, so that's Pastor Vin. He's 66 years old, going on 29, full of energy, has been imprisoned 20 plus times uh, by the government. And uh, it's just a champion. He oversees a movement of 20 churches all around the country and uh, is uh, just, just a wonderful man of God, works very hard. Um, and say again? Yeah, it's an underground church, you know, like... They, they can't own their own property, so they lease. That building is actually owned by the Catholic Church, which is an official church because of the, you know, French missionaries and previous occupation of what was French Indochina. There's probably 10% of the population are Catholic. So they have a, a buildings that are owned by the Catholics, but all the Pentecostal, Baptist, uh, full gospel kind of churches don't have official registration. So they're kind of allowed but they're technically illegal and underground and in fact Pastor Vin has been told by the government <laughs> he's been uh, asked why is your church so loud when it's underground <laughs> you know it's like you're supposed to be underground and yet you're always <laughs> so they have to be careful with their evangelism they can't just be you know out in the streets but they often have whenever someone in the church has a birthday they have a birthday party and they invite all their friends to the church. And then once they've got them in on the building, they have a birthday party and then they pray. And I was, the last time I was there, they did that. It was brilliant. Birthday party and they invite all their unsaved friends. And then the pastor who is respected in the community and they respect, uh, you know, in their culture, el more elderly people, he gets up and he sort of gives a, a, a birthday blessing message and hits them with the gospel. And that's okay. Uh, so it's very clever. And they're gearing up for Christmas, same kind of thing. Uh, and like we do with Christmas, we say, come on, let's, you know, bring our friends along. I might not normally go to church over there. It's a bit stronger. In fact, they've got a guy in their church who was a government spy who was sent to the church to check up on what was being preached. And he was told, you have to go to every Sunday meeting and report back what is going on. And what are they talking about? And sure enough, he's sitting there hearing the gospel. He ends up getting saved and leaving his job. <laughs> and so... All right, and the next photo, uh, what's the next photo? Oh, there we are, preaching, the brothers. Um, okay, and then the next one shows us now on Sunday night of the same day. So I don't know if you realise, but the banner has changed because this is the same building, but this is the New Generation Church. So this is the young adults uh, service on a Sunday night, uh, Ruth preaching there. And then the next one we are now, oh, so there's Ruth with little Grace. Uh, and Pastor Angel, um, the girl with the glasses. So that's the senior pastor's daughter, as I mentioned. Does a great job. Um, all right, next photo is our... Okay, now we're in another building. This is their South Saigon Church, and this is the pastor's seminar. So this is the, the gig. We've done this uh, a number of times over the years in Thailand, and very similar dynamic for the pastors in Vietnam. Like Thailand, they work very hard, They've got a wonderful sense of calling and they, they work sometimes a little, not too hard, I guess is the right word, but they 
could work a little smarter in that they are feeling like I'm so dedicated to God I can't ever have a day off and they if they're not careful they just don't attend to their marriage and family and so the marriage and family suffers uh, as they're just you know working hard building the church so we have seen the benefit of teaching on marriage and healthy family and the dynamics that produce that health uh, and it blesses the pastors and then of course it flows down into the lives of their churches one of the pastors said I've I've never had any teaching on marriage and I've been pastoring for 15 years and I'm really blessed by all this stuff I'm going to bring it back to my church because as I said sometimes you've got people suffering quietly maybe kids even growing up a little resentful of the ministry or feeling like you know dad's never at home and some of the things that they can miss so we just bring some balance and, uh, and teach. So we had to do a lot of the teaching in their church building. When I say church building and they said they can't own them, this is someone's house and he just happens to build a really big room uh, in his house and put a cross up and they happen to have music there. And So that's the church uh, where we did a lot of the teaching and then because Pastor Vin said you've got to be a bit careful if we do it too publicly. Um, so we did that. Um, and then the next day, because part of the ministry that we want to show them is that a healthy marriage, a healthy family is about having fun, enjoying the journey, as we say, not just wearing yourself thin and getting all dry and dusty. So the next photo, I think, shows – oh, that's lunch. Okay, there you go. So there's lunchtime. It's all very cash. And, um, the, oh, so there's the hotel that we – got in the bus the next day and took all the pastors so they had the 20 pastors and their wives from around the country come to Saigon Ho Chi Minh City and then hop in the bus drive a few hours and now we're on the beachside hotel resort that's a view from the hotel and so it was a good standard hotel for some of them really blew them away we would consider it pretty kind of average but comfortable but for them it's a real blessing and some of these guys uh, who have come up from the hills in the provinces, uh, some of the wives had never been to the beach, had never seen the ocean, because they're just in very humble village circumstances. Maybe the, most of the pastors or the, most of the husbands have travelled a bit, but uh, some of them, some of the wives just had never, just looking after the home. And so they were really chuffed and blessed by you know the experience and of course we say this is you don't have to go to the seaside but it's it's good for your marriage to do something that is that is fun and that's what we're modeling and and helping them with so we had uh that you know set up for them there uh so they really enjoyed that there we are having uh worship meetings and uh we could do some teaching but we just had to keep within these rooms so they're very dedicated we had a lot of wonderful times of prayer and and worship and then lunch and dinner and the food was really good and so again they were really blessed uh that's i think most of them in those tables oh yeah so the buffet uh and that's that's pastor din i'll tell you more about him in a little while he's a great character um little dynamo he's about three foot nothing and just full of beans and an ex-boxer um and uh yeah the the buffet the they, they, at one point there was a buffet and the pastor had to tell them about the buffet, had to explain what it meant and how to do it, you know, that you're allowed to take 
food and sort of because they just hadn't experienced this sort of opulence of a, of a buffet more than a little, you know, humble meal that they might get back in their home village. Some of them from the city, some are, you know, as I said, from the provinces. So there's our uh, preaching, teaching, pastoring meeting. Uh, and then next one shows us, <laughs> we went to the beach. So we got on the bus to go to the good beach. Yeah. So that's the good beach. And so I was hot because it's always hot. And I ran to go into the water and Ruth thought, what's wrong? He, she saw me run. She said, yeah, it looked really weird. I saw you running into the water and you just turned around and ran all the way back again. Because it just stunk like some other Asian beaches. There's just, you know, levels of pollution that you, you're not used to. We're very spoiled, you know. So I did technically go in the water up to my ankles, you know, and there they are. In the, but the girls, they loved it because it's just like, oh, well, you know, it's beach, it's wild, it was windy and, and uh, it was just fun to be out and about, you know. Uh, and then we, there's Ruth with some of the pastors. In fact, the, the woman in blue, her name, go back, the woman in blue, her name's Ruth also, and uh, she passes the church up in Hanoi. Um, well, that's her English name. Yeah, they often adopt an English name and she's got a Vietnamese name, but she's a wonderful woman of God, been through hell personally and God's helped her get through it with, you know, divorce and challenging stuff and uh, loves God, serves God. And the next one shows this... Uh, oh, can you read that T-shirt? It says, School burned my life. <laughs> we just thought that was hilarious because she, she's this sweet pastor's wife, loves God, and she's got no idea what the T-shirt says, you know. Either that or she really does know what the T-shirt says and she, you know. But no, we think she has no idea what it means. And Ruth's just having a laugh going, what? Look at this. T School burned my life. I mean, you know, what sort of a confession is that? Let, let, it, let it go as they say. Oh, well, you know. Um, okay, next one. Uh, so then we went out for ice cream, so we're just cruising along the promenade and they just enjoyed, you know, kicking back, uh, walking along and because uh, they're a movement and they don't always get together with everybody, you know, so it's nice for them to have the fellowship together. Next one shows us streaming into the place we discovered that served ice cream. Uh, this is Christian late night drinks kind of session, you know, this is, uh, you know, having cocktails, it's, we just have ice cream, you know, which is great because the weather's hot and Vietnam's got good ice cream, so we're all kicking back having ice cream, that was fun, and then the next, oh, and then, and then we got t-shirts and we couldn't have the t-shirts earlier because Pastor Vin says if we look too organised, government officials will find out next thing, sirens and arrests and everything, so had to keep a low profile, but at night, the distribution of the T-shirts occurred, you know, because we're going the next day. So there we are. Next morning, we've got our T-shirts now. 6 a.m., thanks very much. 6 a.m., first meeting, before breakfast. I don't know. Those who know me well would know. That's a give. Boy, boy, oh, boy. So prayer, worship, preaching, 6 a.m., oh, when's breakfast? And then... Uh, so there we are, preaching away, teaching on, you know, family and parenting and stuff that they can learn about. Uh, and, and they're praying for you and us right there. So uh, a couple of the pastors stood up and said, thank you so much for coming, called us the missionaries. And thank you because 
they knew that you guys had sponsored them and, you know, you've had their names on your fridge and your little card and I reminded them of that and they, they, they said, thank you so much. Please thank your church for the support that made this possible for us. So there they are praying for us uh, and our church and you guys. Uh, and then and then we're collecting, they were getting together for the official photograph, hanging around, everyone's enjoying their T-shirts. And then the next one might be the official, where's the next one? There we go. So there's the, the crew. Uh, Pastor Vin's on the far left there and uh, they like, you know, doing the corporate run your race was the theme. Pastor Camp, I think it says. Um, all right, what's the next one? There's, so now we're back in Saigon the next day. There's Ruth preaching the next morning in her ao yai, which is the Vietnamese traditional dress with the other ladies with their ao yais. And so the girls, the ladies had this made for Ruth. They insisted, we want to make you one. And they rushed her off to the tailor and 24 hours later, you know, there it is. Um, so she preached there back in the mothership in Saigon. And then I preached, what's the next one? I went out to the other church. Oh, there's Pastor Tin. So there's the messy crazy dirty frontage of his church but inside is just a haven of wild loud worship which the loudest church I've ever been in my life it was unbelievable all those kids up there they're just cranking the music they got a great sound system and it was deafening they thought I was very spiritual because I went up the back to pray for them all but I was just saving my ears before it was unbelievable but but it's great because the community literally five kilometers away and they start their service at 8 a.m. So every Sunday morning, I reckon everyone in the community is like, there they are again, Whoa, hallelujah, you know. And um, so there's me and Grace, who, there's a funny, someone went behind us to take a photo and there's me in the pulpit and you can't see Grace. She's hidden behind the pulpit because she's only about two foot tall, you know. Um, but she's a great interpreter, so that's really helpful. Pastor Tin, this guy, uh, it's just I'll just tell you maybe one more photo and then it shows him and I'll tell you, what's the next photo? Okay, that's him and his wife and kids. So this guy was a gangster. He was a gambler, alcoholic, criminal. His father had taught him the ropes in the whole criminal world. And then his father got saved. And the young guy at the time was still running wild with the pack. Uh, and the father, you know, witnessed to him. And, uh, and then I think it wasn't long before the father died... Uh, that uh, Din finally came to the Lord and um, and then his father passed away and he just dived right in uh, to serve God and he's been pastoring the church for I think 15 years and uh, he said also he had heard teaching on marriage in the city but he'd never been in such a dynamic that we did with the, the camp, the fun, the seaside, you know. So they found his wife's very sweet and uh, they were really blessed by the experience. And he also said, I get it, I want to share some of this stuff with my church. But he's a real dynamo. He's the, the edge that he had as this tough gangster guy is just a, a kind of a, a – well, he was a boxer. He was a fighter. He knows um, Manny. He's, we were talking about the Aussie guy that beat Manny Pacquiao, you know, and he knew all about it. No one else knew what I was talking about, but – so um, he, uh, he's now got that fighting spirit in the ministry uh, with this love for God and this joy. And you can see he's just appreciative of what God's done to save him and uh, wonderful energy and spirit. Very simple, basic education, like didn't ever 
finish school at a very high level. Uh, but he's just got this growing church and influence in the community because he's, his love for God is genuine and people see that and, uh, and well-respected. Uh, okay, next photo shows uh, another couple that I'll just tell you about. So the guy and his wife there, he uh, went through a divorce and in the church culture over there, he, um, he was, well, the pastor said he was cursed by the churches. Uh, in other words, dealt quite strongly with and most churches wouldn't consider there's any way back into ministry uh, if you've gone through a divorce. But Pastor Vin taken him under his wing and restored him uh, and he's now serving in the church as an assistant pastor with his new wife. Uh, and so that's just a, a journey of redemption that you know shows God's grace and that was great to hear their story. And then I'll, I'll get Ruth to tell you more about this pastor and just before she comes, I just want to say, you know, it's, it's always tempting when you go to another culture, we're giving, but as I was talking before about sowing and reaping, you always learn, you know, you sow, you go to give, but you always learn. And uh, you don't want to come back and sort of Im- try to impose cultural standards, uh, like people go to Korea and then come back and tell their church they've got to have a three-day all-night prayer meeting and culturally just is difficult, doesn't kind of work as well. But one thing I do find with uh, some of the Asian cultures and in Vietnam, they're, 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 um, they're servant heart, uh, we can lean into a little because uh, it is kingdom culture to really serve. And again, we're not going to necessarily be the same, uh, but in our own way, like just a willingness to say, yeah, I'll help and a, a kind heart. Um, in fact, I mean, I know they're paid in the hotel to, to look after you, but it was funny. I went for a run one morning and I'm out in front of the hotel and I'm stretching because it's early in the morning, you know, so I'm stretching my hammies by, I'm just leaning down, you know, you just, uh, and I'm just holding it like that. And I'm aware of, the, <laughs> aware of someone, this guy comes running out of the hotel and he comes up and he says, have you lost something? Can I help you find it? Because <laughs> I'm just like that. And he just thinks, oh, oh, quick. I must help. You know, this poor guy, he's searching for something. And I just thought, wow, talk about over and above the call of duty, you know. <laughs> um, but, and, and of course, that, that uh, is just a, um, a, a level of, of passion and commitment that I, I get blessed by when I meet people who are, uh, who are keen. And like I said, Pastor Vin, he's been through some stuff. And at one point, we're asking, what about this guy? Has he been, has he ever been put in jail? He says, oh, yeah, but only three or four times. It was like, as if that doesn't count. And then what about, what about that guy? Oh, yeah, well, what happens in jail? He gets beaten. What, physically? Oh, yeah, yeah, beaten up. Has anyone ever died? Oh, yeah. You know, just like par for the course, you know. And I think, wow, you know, that's a, you know, a, a standard that we don't have to live by. Uh, but the spirit of... Would I put up with some persecution, you know? Can I serve God without any expectation of blessing or reward? You know, we say, oh, get involved or reach out and you'll be blessed because you have this sense of, well, what if you were serving God and there was only persecution as a result? The benefit's still there. It's just for the kingdom and deep within your spirit to know that, well, I'm doing the right thing by God. Uh, You know, not necessarily I'm getting a tangible quick blessing for myself. Anyway, this guy is from the mountains. 
and Ruth will tell us more about him. And then one next photo, I think, shows him praying for us or sharing. There we go. Pastor Trot. Praise God. Let's just have a look in your Bibles um, as we go on. In Psalm 100. So I was very blessed. One of my favourite things about travelling is that you're stuck in a hotel room with no children, no housework. So I get to pray and read the Bible, which I love. So I was reading the Psalms. And if we look in Psalm 100, it says, Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It's he who has made us, not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. Oh, God is so good. And what a joy it is. What a joy it is to go to all these different lands. In verse 1, it says, Make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. And isn't it just a joy that in every country we can shout to the Lord, we can, we can rejoice, we can just exalt the Lord. And I love when you go to you know, another country like Vietnam or Thailand or Russia and you see the same anointing. It's the same. You see it on their faces. You see someone get up to, you know, the young girls get up to worship God and they go, it's the same. It's the same anointing. And it just excites me so much because I don't think people can understand how, why is there such an instant connection between Christians? Because it's like, I, I know you and I even love in different churches, I see the same people. Oh, that's, that's like the Frosty. Oh, that's the Beth, like there's one going, oh, she's just like Bethany or, or he's the, you know, they, they have the, every church has the same kind of people that do the same role and you see the anointing. And so we can just, it's just such a lovely joy to be with Christians from other, other cultures and we can do this. We can, we can shout all the lands, the, the language and, and the, 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 we look different and the language is different, but there's such unity and such joy from country to country as we're all serving the Lord together in our, in our very different ways with the, with the same wisdom, the same issues often, just slightly different. I mean, yes, they have persecution. But interestingly, I was talking to an Indian visitor here at our church the other day who said he went to, he went to, he was working in the hospital and he was telling the patients about Jesus and he got in terrible trouble. And I sort of, I said, oh yeah, yeah, you know, you can't do that. And he was like, oh, you can in India. And I'm like, it's funny, we think we're kind of like a free country. You know, we think we're the Christian country that can talk about Christianity. But I realized, oh no, yeah, perhaps, perhaps not as much as we think. So we have, you know, different things, but... Look in verse 3, it says, Know that the Lord is God. He looks after us. He's in control. And so we can always just rejoice. It's great to leave Australia sometimes. We think we've got all these terrible things happening and problems and issues. But you go to Vietnam and they've got this, this harsh, harsh history, so recent and so harsh you know, we went to the, war, the, the American War Museum. They've got a, a museum about the American War <laughs> when, you know, the Americans invaded Vietnam. And it's interesting to see their perspective. And, 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 and it was a very harsh, difficult time for, for all of them there. 
And, um, you know, and you see how the nation has suffered in Vietnam and, and then under the communists. And then I didn't know this, but you know, they had a war with China after the American war. Did you know? I didn't know that. China thought, well, we're, you know, we're, 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 in, we're coming over now. We might as well just invade. And they went, no, 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 no. We didn't want you to invade. So they fought again. I never heard of that war. And I said that to someone. I said, I never heard about that war. They said, no, they kind of keep it quiet because it was a war between two communist nations. So they didn't want, they don't want you to know about it. But um, they had a harsh war again after the Vietnam War, as we call it. Um, but you know what? It says, no, the Lord, he's God. He made us. And we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. So whether there's a war in Vietnam or whether we're fighting against rebellious, immoral atheists in Australia, God is in control. It's okay. We are his people. He's looking after us. It's amazing how he can keep us safe and keep us in his pasture. In a, in a beautiful place where he's looking after us and he's caring for us. And yes, the world is crazy and that world will come to an end one day. I was in, um, actually in Vietnam and we, you know, we, these days it's easier to follow news, you know, with WhatsApp and Facebook. So I heard about, you know, the results of the, the vote, you know, and I was tempted to go and look at, because I can get the Sydney Morning Herald. I was tempted to go there. I thought, no, I won't go there. I'll go to the Word instead because I know what they're going to say. So I went to the Word and I read this scripture about God says, you know, I'm the Lord. I'm the judge. People who rebel against me, they will, you know, I'll have vengeance. I was just like, okay, God, you're, he's not the least bit fussed about the communists in Vietnam or China or what's going on in Australia. He's looking after us. He's in control. We are his people. He has his hand on history. He's bigger than these issues and he's not, he's not worried. And every one of us is important to him and significant and so you see that there with there's this tremendous sense of rejoicing no matter what's going on we just we shout joyfully we enter his gates with thanksgiving and in verse 2 we serve the lord with gladness it's so fun to serve the lord it's so exciting to be to be full on for him romans says never lagging in zeal or diligence but serving the lord let's not be lagging let's not be casual. Let's be excited, always serving the Lord. It's always a joy, no matter what God's called us to do. I don't personally really love flat out, busy, crazy, dirty, smelly Asian cities. I, you know, if, if I'm going to go away somewhere, anyone who knows me knows I'm going bird watching out in the bush where there's no one around and just be in this God's nature and stillness. That's that's where I like to go. So when I arrive in these places, sometimes I'm a bit, oh, oh, it's like overwhelming to me sometimes. I'm just like, oh, it's just like so full on. But as soon as I meet God's people, as soon as I get into church and I begin to serve the Lord, I just feel such joy. It's just so fun. And I, and I, and I know that, you know, we can be in situations and go, well, I don't, I don't like being on the cafe roster or I don't, I don't want to miss out and be with the kids. But as soon as you actually go and do it, it's a delight. It's fun. It's fun to bless people with coffee or look after all the children or, or put up lights or, or take soup to your elderly parents or run your business well so you can, you know, finance these kind of trips. This is how we serve the Lord and we need to just rejoice be so glad. It's so fun. In, 
in the midst of all the crazy things going on in the world, let's keep that attitude of gladness. Let's never get middle-aged and boring. I just can't bear people to get middle-aged and like, oh, I'm going to church. Oh, yeah. You know, I used to do that. I used to play in the band, but I don't do it anymore. You know, I'm kind of leave it to the youngies. It's like, don't be like that. Be passionate and be serving the Lord with gladness and great joy and excitement because, you know, I loved being over there. And, and I know that God called us, as you know, Pastor Phil prophesied that we'd go to Vietnam. It was amazing how... You know, we had the, the, the way the doors have just opened up for us to be ministering to all these pastors from the whole, all around the nation. I'm, I'm humbled to be doing that. And, and he's prepared that work for us. And he says that he, in, in Ephesians, it says that we, we need to, um, to do the good works that God has prepared in advance for us to do. And I love being in Vietnam, but I was so excited to come back to Australia because this is what God has prepared for me to do, to be here in this church and, and love you lot, you know. What fun to come home and we have each other. It's such a joy, such a joy. And to do all the things in, that you know, God's called me to do in my life. So I want to encourage you, serve the Lord with gladness in, in, in all its different places that he's got you to do. Just enjoy it and, and be excited about what God can do through, through us. And I wanted to talk about, if we can put that photo on, this last pastor, Pastor Trot, who, um, if you just put up one of that last, I think it's the last photo. Yeah, there he is. Bless him. So he, um, we didn't notice, I didn't notice this pastor. He's a small, humble, retiring kind of man. And these pastors weren't that great at Vietnamese. Because I said to them about the, the country, the 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 tri- they're tribal people, so they were not, they're not originally the Vietnamese people. They were pushed out of Vietnam when the Vietnamese and Chinese came in. So they live up, up in the tribes and they have a different language. And some of them don't even speak Vietnamese that well. And so um, I didn't notice him. Um, I noticed them because they sort of stuck together and they were, just, they were smaller and darker. You could tell they were a slightly different race of people. And uh, they, they work out up in the mountains. And then... Um, he asked to say something, so he got up to, to share. And the minute he started to talk, I was just like, oh, I said, Who's he? who is he? Like, who is the anointing and the strength that he spoke with? I was just so blessed. I didn't understand a word he said, and I was completely blessed. And he said he, he, has, uh, he oversees 10 churches up in the mountains, and he has over 1,000 people in those 10 churches. And he's just built two new buildings for Jesus up in the mountains. And, and he's, he speaks with so much authority and confidence. And in the, in the provinces, the persecution is much stronger. The communists, you know, they've got a, 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 a tighter hold and they, they're constantly persecuting him and are trying to stop him. And they don't understand him. They say, why do people follow you? Who are you? you he, he only has a primary school education. They go, what? we don't understand why you have all these people following you Where, and you have this money. And what, how do you have such influence? They, they can't figure him out. And it, it just reminded me when they said about Peter and the fishermen, that, that you're just fishermen. What, who are you? You're, you're not meant to have this influence. But he's got such authority and such influence because he's got the anointing of God all over him despite his basic education and his sort of retiring, humble, humble manner. And so he built these churches and they've got a great big concrete cross on the top of both of them. And, and the officials came to him and they said, you have to take, you, you can't do this. You can't have these churches. You have to take them down. He goes, I'm not taking them down. God built them. And they said, well, you have to take down the crosses. And he said, 
He said his words were, I won't. I won't take them down, but you can. But if you do, God will kill you. (laughs) He said, they are a sign from the one true almighty God. And so they just, the officials just go, okay. So they just didn't take the crosses down. They're just like, he just said, God will kill you. So they just, they didn't do it. So, um, so we, we, uh, I just, at the end, when Pastor Vin wanted to pray for us, I said, I want Pastor Trot to pray for us. Like, come, come and pray for us. And it was so beautiful. He's like, me? And I went, yes, you. I, I want what you've got. Come and so we got him to come pray for us. And he came up and it was so sweet because then they were having this discussion. And I go, what's, what's, the, what's the deal? And he goes, he can't really pray in Vietnamese. So what, what language? Because he can't pray in Vietnamese very well and, and, and we can't interpret his language. I said, I don't care what language. Let him pray, pray in his land. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if we don't understand. It's, I just want the anointing. So he's just praying away in some ancient tribal language that nobody except his mates understood. And, and uh, you know, it sounded different. But we were, I was just like, whatever you're praying, I'm sure it's good. Just give it to us. And it was such a, a joy to, to, you know, learn from these people. I felt so blessed by them. And it just brought me back to this amazing scripture to look where it says again in Psalm 100, just serve, serve the Lord with gladness like him, you know, and um, um, it'd be so fun because one, I don't know who you'll have to look and see, some, one of you sponsored him, you know, to come out and was it you, Annie? Oh, bless you. That's just like him. Yeah. So look, you know, enter his gates with thanksgiving and into his courts with praise. Be thankful to him and bless his name. How blessed we are. Let's just rejoice that we can come into his presence and in that secret place with him, he has assignments for us. He has jobs for us to do that are important because he wants us to do them. And let's, let's go there with great gratitude that we are part of this exciting calling of serving the Lord together all around the world and let's go before his presence let's rejoice and 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 find out what he wants us to do today tomorrow the next week the next year let's let's be joyful and thankful that we are a part of this and it says because the Lord is good he is good and he he's called us to do things that we are suited to that we will love he's not he's not mean he doesn't want us to miss out He's not asking us to do some horrible job we don't want to do. He's good. He's got good things for us to do and we're going to rejoice being a part of, of the kingdom, of his kingdom coming. It's, it's fun, it's satisfying and it's good to be a part of what God is doing because he is good, his mercy is everlasting and his truth endures to all generations. And this truth, I'm telling you, the communists tried for, for a generation or two to, to crush it and they absolutely failed. And, you know, the atheists do the same thing. Whoever, his truth endures and we are part of that and we are part of bringing his truth to our nation, to the central coast. So let's rejoice. Let's be inspired. I said that to them. I said, look, we come here to share things with you, but believe me, we need what you have as well. So, you know, I, that's why we're telling you these stories because we want to learn from them. I, you know, I can't stand the, the idea that because we're white, you know, we're somehow better because we surely aren't. And so we, we take from their anointing and take what they've got and, 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 and impart it to, to our church and to our people here in Australia. Praise the Lord.
We hope you've enjoyed this week's sermon. For more information or to contact us, visit c3church.narara.net.